Google has a history of shutting down products and services after approximately four years. This week, the Google Graveyard got a new resident after only three. Tonight is October 2nd, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. To be clear, this is not the episode I ever wanted to do. I did not want to do this episode of the show, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna do it because we 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 should. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode I didn't want to do of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history, and sometimes recent and history is the same thing. And that's what we have right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, We are live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel. If you are here live, hi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, But uh, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel channel twitch.tv slash vog network uh but we are a podcast uh, i understand most people can't be here on sunday nights i completely uh, am cool with that we do have a discord server if you do want to interact with the show vognetwork.com slash discord that is where i read comments from throughout the week as well as get story ideas and uh and and uh th- this one we're, we're basically going to be just covering one thing uh there are other things that happen in the gaming industry but uh there's only one thing that we're going to be talking about this week and it is uh something that w- we all knew in in our hearts that this was going to happen uh we just hoped we were rooting for them to not have this be what happens and i am talking about Google Stadia. I was a founding member, and I can say was. I was a founding member of Google Stadia. I, I have the Stadia Pro Controller, which uh, I, I never get to see it in this way, but I, since I have all my studio lights on, I can say, yes, it is a blue controller. It does not look blue in any lighting in my house except for the bright key lights that I have uh, shining on me when I do this show. Uh, I was a founding member of Stadia, and uh, you know, cloud gaming was touted as 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 a future, uh, as the future, and it very well may be the future. Uh, we have a long way to go in multiple different areas to get to that future, uh, and and a lot of that's not controlled by a Google or a Microsoft or 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 an Nvidia or a Logitech. Uh, it's about rural infrastructure. It's about the last mile. It's you know if you're not living in a city right now in the United States, uh, or, or well if you're living in a rural area of the United States, because I know rural areas in Europe have better internet than the cities in the United States. That's a whole different topic. But if you're living in like a rural area of the United States, cloud gaming is not going to work for you uh, because you're just not going to have good enough internet. And um, nobody's really interested in providing good enough inter- internet uh, for, for a lot of those areas. So, But cloud gaming, 
Google was ready. They were going to come in. They were coming in with the technology. They were coming in with a Wi-Fi-enabled controller. This controller actually connected to your Wi-Fi router and talked directly to the servers that then your Chromecast, uh, a very specific Chromecast Ultra, by the way, uh, not just any old Chromecast Ultra that you buy off the shelf, uh, could then uh, you, you basically played that way. Or you could plug this controller in via USB. It's got a USB-C port on it. Uh, and then you can use it in anything. You can use it on your Switch. You can use it on, on your PC to play Stadia games and things like that. It's, uh, it, it, it had a good run. Uh, I will say that the technology, when I was able to wor- uh, use it, and remember, I do live kind of in a suburban area uh, of Atlanta. We're very well connected here. It's, I'm not out in, in, the, in the mountains I don't have to use satellite internet or anything. I do not have gigabit internet. Uh, I get about 300 down, uh, but it still worked fine. Uh, and I was even able to do 4K uh, with, you know, surround sound. And I, I put it on in the theater and it, it worked fine. The technology was fine. I never had any doubts about the technology that they had. And and uh, Mike Def says, can you actually use the Stadia controller on other consoles or PC? Yes, you have to wire it. Uh, there is hope that maybe... Uh, maybe there might be a Bluetooth thing in here that they can, you know, like give you a driver update and let this work via Bluetooth. Uh, but right now you have to wire it. It only works Wi-Fi to a Google, uh, to a Chromecast Ultra. That was the thing that got me because I tried to use this and I'm like, okay, I'm going to use Stadia in my Chrome browser. No, no, no. It has to be going through a Chromecast Ultra that is specifically for Stadia. And uh, Questbuster says, I don't have gigabit internet, but when Ubisoft dropped a demo of Immortals Phoenix Rising, I tried it out for free on Stadia, and it was fantastic. Um, And uh, Chewy240 asks, do you think 5G home network services will allow for cloud gaming? And uh, Fifth Dream says, yes, I have 5G home internet, and I can't find anything I haven't been able to do with it. So I think that is going to help, but 5G is not everywhere yet. Uh, and, And so essentially what we're getting at is uh, uh, Stadia is going away. And Stadia is going away very, very, very quickly. Uh, and we're going to talk all about how quick this happened and how, 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 how many people didn't know that this was happening. Uh, but The Verge reports, let's start off at the very beginning at the top, Google is shutting down Stadia. It's cloud gaming service. The service will remain live for players until January 18th, 2023. So that's about three months or so. Google will be refunding all Stadia uh, hardware purchased through the Google Store, as well as all the games and add-on content purchased from the Stadia Store. Google expects those refunds will be completed in mid-January. So uh, people like me who got the Founders Edition, I got this through the Google Store. They sent it to me, uh, so I'm going to get a refund on this and the Chromecast Ultra that I'm still using to this day uh, for things that are not Stadia. But uh, it's a really nice 4K Chromecast. It's it's great. Uh, so I'll be getting my money back on that. Um, I did not buy anything on the Stadia store. Uh, I did have the Stadia Pro subscription, and I didn't. I've, I didn't really advertise this all that much. I never stopped paying for it. I did not cancel after the first year. Uh, it was ten bucks a month, and I just let it let it go. And I did use Stadia a little bit. I, usually at the end of the month, I would see how much bandwidth I had left on my bandwidth cap, and I'm like, all right, I'll play some stuff on Stadia. And so I redeemed my Stadia the free games from Stadia Pro each and every month. So I have like fifty or sixty or seventy games. I can't count. They don't give you a number. You just have to scroll and count by yourself. So I never did. So I lost count. But I've got a whole bunch of games 
in my uh, Stadia account that I can play. And uh, and people are talking about wired controllers. Breakman asks, wires, what is this, the 90s? Did you know that if you wire your controller, you don't get the wireless lag? You ask anybody in the FGC, they will be like, oh, yeah, I wire my controller directly to the console every day of the week. Uh, that is That is how you get the lowest latency. So the Breakman says, oh, Questbuster says, I, I love wired controllers. And the Breakman says, you are the one. Uh, you can go to anybody that goes to Evo, and they are all plugging their controllers in uh, to everything because that's the only way you uh, you will pwn your opponent. So uh, Phil Harrison, looking over his third botched gaming launch, how does he still have a job? Uh, Stadia Vice President and General Manager said in a blog post, quote, a few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected. So we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service, unquote. And employees on the Stadia team will be distributed to other parts of the, com- uh, of the company. There's no winding down. They basically are stopping the crank. Like, they're just like, nope, stop, stop. There's no no winding down. Questbuster says, "Poor Phil Harrison. Poor Phil. No, he's rich. He's 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 he he'll he, he will get hired to do another gaming launch because somebody will be like, yeah, yeah, he 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 can do the launch." As Sharon Matt says, uh, Phil Harrison is a pro at falling upwards and leaving destruction behind him. Yes, he he is. He's a, he's a big pro about that. Harrison says Google sees opportunities to apply Stadia's technology to other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play, and its AR efforts. And the company also plans to make it available to our industry partners, which aligns to where we see the future of gaming being headed. Um, so what what they're talking about, is, and we've actually seen this before, and we've seen, uh, I think it was like six months ago or maybe even a year ago, what is time? There was a, a post about how Google was reinvesting in other parts of Stadia and they were actually pulling people away from the Stadia service team, the Stadia live team that was keeping up with the Stadia service. And people would say, no, 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 that doesn't mean anything. It just means that they're expanding. No, they were actually pulling people away to do other things. One of the things that uh, they did, and somebody said in chat earlier, which has already scrolled off, uh, that they should have capitalized on the pandemic. And, And they kind of did with the technology. Bungie actually used Stadia technology, not the Stadia service, but the Google streaming technology that is the base of Stadia to facilitate home at home development of Destiny 2 when everybody had to be working from home during the lockdowns. Not everybody had a good enough computer at home and and Bungie was not willing to let all those computers walk out of its office. Uh, There's also like stuff about dev kits and stuff that can't leave uh, have to be behind two sets of locks and stuff like that. There's a whole business thing about dev kits, official dev kits. But anyway, they used the Stadia technology to allow developers to work from home, and they tested their games over the Stadia technology. And this is different from the service. They were not using the Stadia consumer service that I had access to. It was the Google technology. It was like a private Google cloud server that they were using. And that's where Google thinks that they can use this technology. They've now used it. It got bankrolled by people like me who bought the Founders Edition and bought subscriptions. Uh, and now they're like, okay, now we're going to go take that technology elsewhere uh, and and use it in other things. 
Google detailed some of the finer points of the shutdown in an FAQ. Refunds will automatically be made through the Google and Stadia stores, and you won't have to return any hardware. Stadia Pro subscriptions will not be eligible for a refund, which I get. I understand. Other people don't. Uh, but you will not be charged during the shutdown period and can access games you might have redeemed as a pro user until everything is wound down. Google has closed the Stadia store, so you cannot buy games or in-game transactions. And you can't even redeem this month's pro games. If you didn't redeem them already, uh, they're gone. You go to the store tab, it's like, nope, we're shutting down January 18th. Here, here's a link to read more. Uh, last year, rumors abound uh, that it was shut down after a number of games released. The platform slowed and the company shuttered its in-house game development studios. When those rumors popped up again this year, Google insisted that Stadia was not shutting down, saying, quote, rest assured, we're always bringing more great games to the platform and Stadia Pro, unquote. Uh, and they actually said that, I believe, uh, like two months ago, three months ago. But the way this is sounding, yeah, that social media manager had no clue that it, things were going to shut down. Most people at Stadia had no clue that this was going to be shutting down. And we'll talk more about that uh, as we go through this this story, because there's multiple angles for this story. As Sharon and Matt says, Google is really struggling for money to only give everything three months notice. Uh, and also he said, uh, honestly thought Harrison would have been gone before this. I was surprised he was still with them with this new when this news broke. We should have known this was coming, and I'll explain why. Uh, and this is uh, kind of also a plug for the Video Game History Foundation, one of my uh, one of my favorite video gaming uh, charities that are that are actually about video games and, and video game preservation. So we should have known when Stadia was announced at GDC, at the Game Developer Conference, they decided they were going to have they were going to use the Video Game History Foundation to put together a uh, a a a display and that display is now going well actually the things that are on the display are going up for auction so let's let's take a look at what was on this display what should we have seen in this display that said anything you can dream can be built there is a uh dreamcast sega dreamcast which lasted about two years the power glove it's so bad. E.T. for the Atari 2600. And a fourth uh, fourth thing that says coming soon, which was supposed to be the Google Stadia. How did this come about? Well, there, there's actually an eBay auction from the Video Game History Foundation because they put that together. And so uh, it is currently sitting at $2,000.25. They're they're auctioning off the Dreamcast, the Power Glove, and the uh, the ET cartridge uh, to benefit the Video Game History Foundation. It's on eBay for two thousand twenty five dollars right now. Uh, as of Sunday night, it closes on Tuesday. But it's interesting how this came about because he in the auction, uh, Frank Cifaldi, uh says, "So how did they end up getting it? Uh, getting sitting it next to these bizarre items?" Well, that's a long story, but let's just say they changed scope and vision about three times in the process of making this GDC display. Uh, it went through what felt like several committees and decision makers who all disagreed with each other. They changed direction completely with like a week left before the show. And by the end, it was a mishmash of two entirely different concepts, a timeline of video game console innovation and collectibles. People will want to take a selfie next to the details don't really matter. What really matters at the end of the day is that it was not my fault. So, 
And uh, so people are saying, hey, I have all those things. I also have all of those things. And so I don't need to be uh, donating to this auction. Uh, but uh, I, I have donated to the Video Game History Foundation before. But those are up for auction. And that was uh, that was Stadia introducing themselves to the world. Hey, they're like, hey, Stadia, it's going to be the next thing. Uh, just like the Dreamcast, the Power Glove, and E.T. for Atari 2600. The Breakman says $2,000 for junk. Hey, it's junk that's well-preserved and probably works. So, and it all goes to the Video Game History Foundation, which essentially collects things that you would call drunk like this. And Fifth Dream says, yes, you could get all that for $300. Yes, but is that $300 benefiting the Video Game History Foundation? Which, by the way, takes a lot of those uh, prototypes that like people find in their, in like uh, their, their, parents attic or something and then converts it that's how we got the sim city nes cartridge the days of thunder prototype and they're all playable now uh that comes from the uh, video game history foundation also they're they're cataloging all the gaming magazines and stuff they do a lot of great work and Questbuster says museums are just messy closets hey you know if they're willing to take some of the stuff that i've got that i'm going through right now with uh with my parents estate more power to them so uh, there was a question in chat before I go on. She-Hulk asked, what, was, what is your overall experience with Stadia? And so, uh, and, and so I'm going to answer. There, there have uh, been other people here that have had Stadia. I have had it the whole time. Uh, I've had Stadia Pro. Have I used it as much as I should for like paying 10 bucks a month for it? No, I haven't. But when I have used it, it has worked really well. Uh, the technology has worked really well. The service that surrounded it the idea that you had to buy the games at full price, I was hesitant to do that because I thought it was going to shut down one day and then I'd be out my money. It turns out I could have bought games and I would have gotten refunded. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, But uh, when it worked and I had the good internet, it worked pretty well. I did not have that much latency because uh, one of the first games I played on it, one of the first Stadia Pro games was Samurai Showdown, which is a fighting game. And so when fighting games, you really do need to have like really good frame-perfect stuff. Now, you're not going to get frame-perfect, but you got really, really close. And that was good enough for me. Also, early on, uh, when Cyberpunk 2077 came out initially and had all those bugs, the actual like most stable platform to play it on was Stadia. And that was such a missed opportunity for Google to say the best place to play Cyberpunk 2077 is on Stadia because all the other platforms, PC and Xbox and PS4, because they weren't on the PS5 and Xbox Series X yet, all those other platforms were having a whole bunch of stability issues and bugs. And Stadia, it just, it, it, I'm not going to say it performed perfectly, but it performed better than all the rest. And so that, I think, was the best idea of using cloud gaming, which Xbox Game Pass now has a cloud gaming service. NVIDIA's got their uh, GeForce now. Uh, Logitech just announced a streaming service uh, that, that allows you to play games. But Stadia, when, when it worked, it worked well. And the problem was they made you buy the $60 game in order to use it if it wasn't one of their Stadia Pro deals and you went and and, and picked it up and, and it stayed with your account. They modeled their service more after Xbox Live Gold than Xbox Game Pass. And I think if they had done it like Game Pass where you paid a monthly fee and you had access to all these games on the cloud, uh, A, they wouldn't have to refund as much money, but B, 
I think more people would have given it a shot and gravitated to it and tried it for a month. And Questbuster says, uh, yes, the marketing on Stadia was abysmal. So many opportunities to say this is why you should play on Stadia. Uh, and, and to be fair, to, to Stadia's credit, you did not need to buy any of this hardware. And for the people on the podcast, I actually have the Stadia Founders Edition box and my Stadia controller sitting next to me. And so I'm kind of pointing to them. Uh, you didn't have to buy any of that hardware. You did not need a Chromecast Ultra to use Stadia Pro. Chrome. If you had Chrome on your computer and you had uh, an Xbox controller uh, or even a keyboard and mouse, it worked with keyboard and mouse because it was the PC versions of the games that they were streaming. Uh, you could you could have Stadia Pro. Uh, they even eventually opened up 4K gaming through the browser. You did no longer just had to have the Chromecast Ultra, the special Chromecast Ultra that had Stadia on it. So. Uh, it, you didn't need to buy the hardware to use it, and they did not capitalize on that. They did not capitalize on everybody staying home and not being able to get video cards and saying, hey, you can get all that ray tracing uh, on a Stadia, and so you can play that game with all the wells and whistles and all the ray tracing on your browser without trying to get a video card that you can't get because everybody's trying to mine Bitcoin with it. Uh, the Breakman says, I don't think cloud gaming is big yet. It has an uphill battle that Google just wasn't willing to fight. Um... And Breakman says, oh, wait, I, was, I played a fight, that Bobby played a fighting game. How quickly did I lose? I won the first match against the AI. Not the second. But I won the first one. Because Samurai Showdown does have an easy difficulty. I, I got the first one. Chewy240 asks, do you think Microsoft's doing the best job with cloud gaming, such as Game Pass suggested games that work well over the cloud? Game Pass, I think, is doing the best with cloud gaming because of Game Pass, because you can play just about, not every, but just about the vast majority of games over the cloud. And so uh, what I use it for, because I have a bandwidth cap, and this is what I use the Game Pass streaming for, is uh, I say, hey, that game looks kind of interesting, but it's a 50 gig download. I don't know if I want to spend one-twentieth of my bandwidth cap, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're streaming a lot and you're working from home and you're on Zoom meetings and you're doing a lot of Twitch and stuff like that, it you, you don't want to run over the, the one terabyte bandwidth cap. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend one-twentieth of my bandwidth cap, but I can launch the cloud version, play it for a few minutes or for, play it for an hour, and that only uses up maybe five to ten gigs and see if I like it, and then I can download the full version. Um, that's where I think the cloud gaming for Game Pass works well. It is not the only way to play, uh, but uh, it it gives you a way to check something out without waiting. Ah, I want to try that. I can try it right now. I don't need to wait for it to install. I don't need to wait for anything. I just click on it and go. I think Microsoft has a leg up because of Game Pass, uh, and that and the Game Pass streaming also works pretty well. Uh, for me, I don't notice that much la uh, latency. I do notice, obviously, it's a little bit degraded than playing a native game, especially if I'm playing on my 4K setup. Uh, there is a little bit of degradation in Game Pass uh, because they don't stream 4K. Stadia streamed 4K, uh, Dolby Surround. They streamed you know, the whole thing to you, and I don't think Game Pass streams to you in 4K. As Jaron Matt says, they also straight up, and they're talking about Google, failed in making for in-house first-party games. There was a long list of devs who came and went with them because everything ended up in development hell. 
Questbuster says, uh, Sony and Microsoft taken baby steps with their own inter- uh, iterations, but Stadia felt like it jumped into a war expecting their tech to win it without really understanding the landscape. So now comes kind of the fallout, right? Let's talk about what now happens to people who maybe did invest heavily in the platform. They bought games and put thousands of hours into these games. Ubisoft is going to do something that they can do because they have the infrastructure to be able to do this with their Ubisoft Connect, uh, which, which you know allows you have to sign into Ubisoft to be able to use any of your games. So they have the license there. So what they're going to be doing, uh, The Verge reporting that while Stadia will shut down, on uh, on January 18th. Uh, so uh, Ubisoft is uh, going to be helping you uh, bring your games from Stadia to PC. So uh, the Ubisoft senior corporate communications manager, Jessica Roach, said in a statement to The Verge, quote, while Stadia will shut down on January 18th, 2023, we're happy to share that we're currently working to bring the games you own on Stadia to PC using Ubisoft Connect. We'll have to share more uh, regarding... Uh, specific details more, uh, as well as an impact for Ubisoft Plus subscribers at a later date, unquote. So, you you know, people are obviously, if they get it on PC and they don't have a good PC, they're going to have to upgrade their PC to continue playing it, but they're going to still have their game that they paid for, even though they're getting a refund. So they're getting a refund and the game. And, you know, they're going to be able to get their progress because uh, Ubisoft will be, uh, be able to move your progress from Stadia over to the PC version. Because once again, the Stadia version is just the PC version. It's just running off of somebody else's GPU instead of one that's sitting right next to you. So Ubisoft does say they're going to continue to invest in cloud gaming despite Stadia's discontinuation. They say, quote, we believe in the power of streaming and cloud gaming and will continue to push the boundaries on bringing amazing experiences to our players wherever they are, unquote. And as Sharon Matt says, uh, the gaming history books will say Stadia was ahead of its time and got out as cloud gaming was on the upswing. And you know what? Honestly, you can say that about two of the three things in this image. Uh, you can say that absolutely about the Dreamcast. Dreamcast was ahead of its time, especially because it had online play out of the box. It had a 56K modem and had online play day one. Uh, the Xbox did not have online play day one. It, you, it had the port, but it was about a year or two before it actually got turned on for online play. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that a little bit about the Power Glove as well. Now, the Power Glove itself, it's so bad. But the Power Glove introduced everybody to motion controls, and we did start seeing motion controls come into their own a little bit and then go away. Kind of. Uh, you know, because the Wii obviously was big into the motion controls, but, you know, we still see it with the Joy-Cons and the Switch, and also VR uses a lot of motion controls. And really, the Power Glove was one of the first devices to introduce motion control. It also was ahead of its time. E.T. Uh, never had a time. But Howard Scott Warshaw is an amazing person. He was an amazing developer. He did everything he could. Uh, it wasn't his fault. But E.T., the game, as it released on the Atari 2600, uh, it was not before anybody's time or after anybody's time. And Questbuster says there's a story about a content creator who apparently put in 6,000 hours into Red Dead Redemption 2 and is about to lose all of that, and he will be losing all of his multiplayer progress. And that's, that's the risk of jumping in on a platform like this. Uh, that and which is why I did not really devote a lot of time into things on the platform. It's because of the progression, and if you don't have the cross progression, 
uh, you're you're not you you're going to be SOL when if if and when the service shuts down. Whereas, you know, if you have it on PC, you can locally back up and save things. So hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that Rockstar d- does it right uh, as well, because Rockstar has the resources to be able to take that data and make it work on the PC, at least, because once again, it's the PC version of the game that they're running. Yeah, so so I'm hoping that that happens. But honestly, like the reason we don't know a lot about what's going to be happening with a lot of accounts and a lot of games that are on there is because uh, we learned about this shutdown before the developers did. Some of us had seen the articles before the developers themselves. Uh, they, they, they didn't know this was happening. So uh, Stadia users were not the only people shocked to learn that Google would be shutting down the cloud gaming service. Developers making games for the platform were surprised too. Uh, so uh, Rebecca Ann Heinemann, CEO of Old School, a, an independent game developer, says, quote, I woke up getting ready for my workday and I see on our Discord private chat for the company that one of my employees sent me a message saying, is this true with a link? Uh, I follow the link and it's like, oh, okay, unquote, because they had uh, planned to launch Luxor Evolved on Stadia Pro on November 1st and was even planning to meet with Google on Friday to discuss the release plan, which that meeting obviously did not happen. Uh, Hyman was just one of many that were surprised. Uh, so Brendan Sheffield, creative director at Necrosoft Games, uh, told The Verge uh, for Hyper Gunsport, they said, quote, we were having marketing discussions just last week. They released an SDK update just two days ago. So the software development team for Stadia released an update two days before the shutdown. Uh, so it's unfortunate all around. I think the platform was gaining some good traction, unquote. So Mike Rose of No More, no More Robots said in a tweet, quote, Oh my God, we have a game coming to Stadia in November. Who wants to guess that Google will refuse to pay us the money that they owe us for it, unquote. Uh, and then um, uh, Pixel Games says, quote, after weeks of paperwork and preparations to bring Donut Dodo, Serve Love Lot, and CG to Stadia, we successfully finalized the onboarding process with Google yesterday. Two hours later, the news hit that Stadia is shutting down, unquote. On Friday, Old School's Twitter account said that Google is working to make it right. Hyman says that a Stadia representative approached her about reimbursing the studio for development costs spent on porting the Stadia version of Luxor Evolved. Old School also had Stadia exclusive features planned for the game, but it is now allowed to implement them on other platforms. For Necrosoft, according to Sheffield, quote, all I know is they said they're going to try to do something for us, unquote, but he does not have any details. Uh, both Hyman and Sheffield were looking forward to launching on Stadia Pro in part because Google shared revenue from subscriptions with developers. While Sheffield uh, says Hyper Gunsport will be available on many platforms, quote, Stadia was a pillar for us because we knew by launching into Pro, we get a significant chunk of revenue enough to pay our dev costs back all by itself. Unquote. Uh, now, it's not going to sink the studio. They said, quote, I was ex- only expecting to break even on Stadia. We were realistic in that we might have made $10,000 profit tops on the Stadia version, unquote. Um, so there were exclusives. Q Games had Pixel Junk Raiders on it. They said, quote, as an exclusive Stadia title, once the service closes, it will no longer be available to play, unquote. Uh, the company does hope to bring the games to other platforms in the future and is open to working with publishing partners to make that happen. Um, you know, it's because they've done it before. 
But uh, Necrosoft's original Gunsport remains a Stadia exclusive and said, quote, it might go down with the ship, unquote. Uh, and at least for Sheffield, losing Stadia was losing a positive community. He says, quote, for whatever reason, because Stadia was so maligned by the players that didn't play it, the actual Stadia players were almost like apologetically nice. They gave any new game that came out a try. They were really supportive of developers and of each other. And in general, somehow the platform cultivated one of the nicest, least toxic player groups I've ever seen on any platform. So we really wanted to release the game on Stadia out of appreciating for them supporting the original game as much as they did, unquote. That is an excellent point at the end, because if you were on Stadia, you were very appreciative of everything else and everybody else that was on Stadia, which you wouldn't expect in something that anybody can get on. Uh, you, you People would think, oh, well, now you, the barrier to entry to play these games is so low because you don't need a $1,000 PC or a $600 console to play a lot of these games. Now you can just play it on anything. You can play it on your TV, on a, on a little Google Chromecast Ultra. You just had to have good enough internet. And people thought, well, that's going to make, especially a multiplayer, that's going to make the barrier to entry so low. You're going to have a lot of toxic toxicity. But all the people that would be toxic were all making fun of Stadia and were never using it. And so the people that were on Stadia were really nice to each other. And so that's something that I didn't, because I never played online, I was never part of any Stadia communities, but it was really an uplifting environment for those who were there. Uh, and, and it's sad that that is going away for those communities, as well as for the developers who embrace those communities. The Breakman says, nice gamers, they exist. Uh, they do exist until January 18th, 2023, when Google enters the Google graveyard, uh, Google Stadia enters the graveyard. And uh, the the breakman says this is bad business. Uh, the refund is good, but is this is not how you treat companies you partner with? Uh, so, um, and uh, the breakman does not believe me when I say that there are nice gamers out there. And he's like, he needs proof. Unfortunately, you can no longer get Google uh, Stadia Pro, so you will not actually be able to see that you can't sign up for Stadia anymore. It, it's over. It's over. You can't. No, nothing new. Nothing new. S. Jeremy Matt says, Stadia was gaming Canada. Everyone is nicer there. I see what you, I, I see that. DJ Rama S. says, normally I'd feel bad for Stadia users, but Google is giving everyone a full refund, money to refocus on their next plan of actions. Um, and uh, Questor says, I believe Dead by Daylight players should come out okay. I believe it's cross-play enabled, so their progress should be safe? Question mark. Um, I do not know about that. However, uh, quick plug for Orange Lounge Radio. Jamie on Orange Lounge Radio uh, used Stadia a lot. And the reason she used Stadia is because she has a Mac. And she sp when she uh, invests her money in computer equipment, she u invests it in the Mac ecosystem, uh, which, which is totally valid. And Dead by Daylight, especially, does not run on Macs. They do not have a Mac version. So the only way she could play it is by th is through Stadia on her Mac because she has a really nice Mac setup. That is where she invested her money, and that's where uh, she is fulfilled creatively in computing-wise. In, com in computing so, And not everybody wants to invest that kind of money in a PC that has to run Windows. They want to invest that money in the Mac ecosystem. And so 
the little bit I've heard from her, and hopefully she's going to have more information on Orange Lounge Radio tonight on this week's Orange Lounge Radio, uh, right now the achievements don't sink over. So I don't know exactly how Dead by Daylight specifically is going to work, and I don't even think the Dead by Daylight developers know either because they were probably blindsided by this too, and they're scrambling to figure out what they can do. It's nice that the refunds are happening, but there is all, you know, with games, there's the progression. There's all the stuff that you have in game. You you have to start from ground zero, especially if it's a game where you've played thousands and thousands of hours like Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, You've got so many in-game items that you didn't necessarily pay for with real money. You paid for with time. That's all wiped out now that you've got to go to another platform. Uh, And so Dead by Daylight, same thing. And, uh, you know, I know that there is some cross-progression in Dead by Daylight, but I have never played Dead by Daylight, so I can't speak to that. Uh, but uh, but I'm sure that they're probably coming up with a crisis plan. If those developers are good and like their community, which I believe they do, uh, they're coming up with a plan and they just don't have it right now because this news hit everybody like a ton of bricks. Dead by Daylight, uh, Dark Sakura uh, wants to cl- uh, d- is in chat. Thank you. Hi, how you doing? Uh, they've already released a statement talking about the Dead by Daylight devs. They have an FAQ, and if you have a Steam account and a Stadia account linked to their site, all progress, cosmetics, DLC carries over, uh, or excels, and achievements do not. So uh, thank you so much for that. I had not actually like looked at the Dead by Daylight stuff. Like my my Dead by Daylight news comes from Dark Sakura, actually. That, that's where I that's where I get all my news. So uh, so that's good. And I think we're going to see a lot of other developers. I think Rockstar is probably also going to do uh, they're they're coming up with a plan right now as well. And they just haven't released it yet. Uh, there's going there's got to be something that they can throw uh, in terms of your progression and let Google handle the money part. It does kind of suck for a lot of that stuff. And I scroll through and I'm like, I had some, some decent games in, in, in my Stadia Pro library uh, that I can still play until January 18th. And I, I played a little bit uh, the, the other night because I was like, oh, cool. I have like 400 gigs left on my, you know, out of my terabyte uh, data cap for this month. And so like on Thursday and for, uh, on the 29th and the 30th, I charged up my controller and played some Stadia games. Uh, so, uh, it's it, it's sad about the service. The technology is absolutely going to live on. Uh, Bungie used it for Destiny 2 development, which was the technology, not necessarily the service. Uh, but they're going to start using it in other things. And this this is what other companies have done uh, with technology that they've pulled away from the gaming market. Microsoft did this with Kinect. Uh, we, everybody makes fun of Connect. It was a terrible gaming peripheral, but you know what? It's actually great in many other areas that have nothing to do with gaming. So they pulled the gaming service and they're using the Connect technology in other areas with success. It's just not in gaming, so you don't know about it and you don't see it. Uh, but uh, it turns out in a hospital, uh, being able to manipulate a computer screen without touching anything when you're in a clean room like an operating room is actually really kind of valuable. And so it's being used a lot there. Uh, the Breakman says, do you, so will people be using their Stadius as much as possible until January, or do you think they will migrate away? Uh, everybody, People who have Stadia Pro and had an active subscription, they get Stadia Pro now for free until January 18th. So they have access to all those games uh, that they had with their Stadia Pro subscription until the 18th, and they don't get the refund until mid-January. So they'll probably be there until the bitter end, until the servers shut down. We are going to take a quick music break. 
and then uh, come back and uh, maybe take a call or something. I don't know. There is a green room in the voice chat uh, in our Discord server, vognor.com slash Discord, if you want to talk about this. Uh, there are other things that happen in the gaming industry, but honestly, this was the big story that I wanted to cover. Uh, because as I am still a paying founding member, uh, except, you know, my last payment was taken out a couple, you know, about last week, my $10 a month uh, for, for Stadium. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Hi, I'm the Tiger Wizard, or Katie Adkins of D4 and Quit on the Macabre, and when I'm not being murdered in a closet, I'm participating in the Bobby Blackwolf Show. Please don't murder me. <laughs> okay. I guess. Thank you so much for that. That was uh, that was back when we could do those. Dragon Con 2019. Uh, she's still doing Corn on the Macabre. Uh, it's a D&D, uh, basically a, a live D&D game that they, they stream. They dress up and do all the characters and everything on, tw- on Twitch uh, and does D&D podcasts and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, too many stadias. That's what people are saying in chat. If you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to be uh, uh, on Adult Swim from from a long time ago. Uh, all you got to do is send me uh, either an MP3 or video file of just your voice. I will decide which DMCA violation I want to risk behind it uh, and saying that you're coming back to the Bobby Blackwolf show. The Regman says, I hate getting murdered. I do, too. That's why I don't play games like Dead by Daylight. But anyway... Um, and uh, E3VL says, I heard Google Stadia canceled the Stadia-exclusive Kojima game. Yeah, I mean, they canceled a lot of games that were exclusive, and they let go of all the their in-house development teams, and they realized that making games is hard. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, like, the hardest part of, uh, of a game is the, the last part of it. Uh, the last 10% take 90% of the time, and so when you get to that, you're like, oh, this is no longer fun and no longer worth it. So uh, that that's why a lot of people... A lot of companies, even that aren't in the gaming industry, they dip out. Google does this a lot. Like you go to the uh, the Killed by Google site, and uh, it it is uh, it 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 is interesting how how quickly and it's I say quickly, but it's not not really quickly. But like they have a lot of things on the it's Killed by Google dot com, and it lists like everything that they had and like how long they lasted and and most things last at least four years and google stadia was like no it was about three years three years um but you know there's a lot of things that had maybe been around for like 15 years like the g suite free edition that that's gone now and and so there's there's a lot of things that used to exist on google that were actually really good they just got rid of like i don't even know where google reader is in on this because i used google reader all the time uh, is probably way down at the bottom, but yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, w- I was scrolling around on this on Twitch. Somebody asked uh, E3 Velas, "What was YouTube Go? YouTube Go was an app to, uh, aimed at making YouTube easier to access on mobile devices in emerging markets through special features like downloading video on Wi-Fi for viewing later. It was five years old. So um, yeah, and uh, and and like Google Hangouts." Uh, is is on here even though it was kind of rebranded they they changed the name of it but you know the point is google usually kills things after four years if it's not search or email 
and uh, Stadia only made it three years. They, they didn't even let Stadia make it all the way to four years. And there was a countdown site based on that four-year mark, and it like was like, yeah, no, Google Stadia is going to be killed in 513 days. No, it, it, uh, it, it, it didn't. The Breakman says, Google has more kills than fatality. So let me explain that joke for the, for the kids in the audience. So fatality, with a one as the I, was essentially the first esports superstar. And we're talking like in the Doom days. So this is like 20 years ago, something like that. So kids these days don't know who fatality is. Um, you know, I think it was Quake. I think it was more of a, he was like a, a top level Quake player in the late 90s, early 2000s, when esports was really, really in its infancy. So nobody knows who who, who Fatality is anymore, Breakman. You kind of have to explain that. And then, then when you, you know, say, oh, yeah, and then, you know, there was a Strong Dad email about this. They're like, who's Strong Dad? And then, and then it's like, oh, you know, you know, it was using the same technology that all your base was. And they're like, what's all your base? Tireclaw says uh, Fatality is still around. He still he sometimes streams on Twitch. I'm, yes, he's got like a brand, and he's he's more kind of like behind the scenes because obviously, like most athletes, as you get older, you're not as you're not able to compete with the younger, uh, faster, faster people. Uh, so he is obviously retired from pro gaming at this point, but uh, but but uh, but he's now using his his name with the older generation to try to make things better for the next generation. And Fifth Room says, to be fair, Gen Z thinks Stadia is old. Well, Stadia don't exist no more. S. Sheridan Matt says, Google did not want to throw money at gaming anymore. Tencent is willing to throw billions at gamings, which is sad on several levels. Yes, that's a story I didn't talk about. Tencent is like, you know what? Our our previous plan on how we were going to do things is not really a good thing. Uh, that's not what we're going to do. Now we're going to actually invest in like buying entire game, game development studios. Like We're not going to do this like... 10% of this studio and 10, 15% of this. No, we're just going to want to buy them all outright. We, you know, they're, they're scared of Embracer group, I guess. Um, they're, they're scared of Embracer group buying all, all studios and becoming bigger than Tencent. And they're like, we can't have that European company be bigger than us. We're Tencent. And as Sharon Matt says, Google only measures success in billions with a B stadia may be made millions with an M, which is not good enough. So coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash VOG Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And I wonder, I wonder what the kickoff topic's going to be tonight. I'm going to ask Rob, if, you know, if there's any hint as to what the kickoff topic might be tonight. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? Uh, I am doing well. So any hints on what the kickoff topic might be on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Well, you know, we've got TwitchCon coming up this weekend, right. so we thought we'd uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with TwitchCon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's mm-hmm. totally what and it's going to be. Oh, big news about um, E3 uh, yes. saying that they're going to come back to L.A. Yeah, so yeah. we'll uh, talk about that as well mm-hmm. at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah no, of course we're talking about the Stadia yeah. news. People want to know, like, you know, Dark Soccer has been a big Stadia yes. advocate, um, as you know, and uh, I think people are very curious where her head is at with mm-hmm. this. And so, absolutely, uh, we yeah. want to give her the space to kind of tell absolutely. us, like, how's she feeling? Yeah. What she, what's, what's the, what's the plan for the future? Yeah. Does, does she, does she love or hate Google at this point? Um, does she love or hate Phil Harrison? Does yeah. she, or you know, what, what are the feelings? And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll answer a lot of those questions in a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that was the thing. The big news that I thought I was going to talk about was the E3 because they're doing the Tokyo Game Show model. And, you know, kudos yeah. to Reed Pop. I mean, Reed Pop wouldn't let us in. But well, yeah, for, Reed for Pop those... can go sit and spin for all I yeah. care. But, yeah, sure. It's just great for E3. Yeah. So, but, but like, they're doing the, the industry-only days, and then they're doing the consumer days. And the interesting thing about that, and I'm talking about it now because it wasn't in my show role, uh, <laughs> is that uh, it's going to be different halls. Like, these consumers are not getting into the same area that the industry was in. They're splitting that up a little bit. Yes, and that yes, and but there was a sense of that before because remember there were all those years we couldn't go upstairs. Yeah. So there is, but yeah, but granted, we weren't the public, but we yeah. were in with the GameStop employees that were getting into E3. So there, there was a sense of that before, right. um, and there was there was much more upstairs than I think people realize because you know you you went to some of these and I, like uh, for example the year that um, Dead Island Two was yep. is that is that the name of it yeah Dead was first unveiled it's been so yeah. long. They had a whole little like booth basically upstairs yep. that you didn't see. Um, I remember going to a Namco thing one yep. year that had playable kiosks yep. all throughout the room upstairs. Yeah, so th- that's where I saw The Witcher three yeah. for the first time. Because ah, uh, yeah, because uh, you oh, know, yeah, me too. I think I was with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we went there and they, and they had like the one thing from Cyberpunk to say yes, we're working on a Cyberpunk game still. Here's the one thing from it, and it was like in a corner. Uh, but they were really there showing The Witcher 3, which was a, a stage demo. We didn't get to play it or anything. But they, yeah, right. but that upstairs area, area had like, the, you know, the snacks and the booze and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that too. But, but, but yeah, because those were like kind of like the, the silent, quieter meeting places. But I think like they're actually going to have like different halls because some companies don't want to talk to the consumers, mm-hmm. but they want to talk to the industry. And that's what E3 was it was a trade show for the industry. And I think. As much as I, you know, as Repop won't let us in, um, that's really going to, it's kind of the best of both worlds mm-hmm. for E3. And so I'm curious to see how it actually is embraced by the people that do get to go. Yeah, um, this was a great idea eight years ago. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. And uh, I, I wish it had happened sooner, uh, but it's going to happen now. And we will sit at home and, and watch it from from home and digest what everybody else says about it because they read pop would be like oh you can come on the consumer days we'll give you an influencer pass and we'll be like no no that's not us. no no i've other places i'd rather spend my money to go to like twitchcon yeah so so twitchcon uh you, you're going to be gone next week what are you looking forward yeah. to most at twitchcon just meeting people networking mm-hmm. talking to folks you know just going with an open mind you know the last time i went to twitchcon um you know was the very first twitchcon when um our voiceover guy jason happened to have an extra ticket was like come to this thing with me and i was like okay so i really just went in with no agenda and uh, open mind and it really mm-hmm. you know educated me a lot on the streaming world now that i've been participating in the streaming world for a little bit i think i can leverage a little more of the oh like really meeting people and networking mm-hmm. with people it's interesting because unlike dragon con i don't think there's a ton of ton of panels i'm super interested in to be quite honest um there's some shows and so forth but i think it's really about just you know um meeting people both new and people that i've been talking to online Mm -hmm. for a while now through the pandemic uh that this will be an opportunity to connect in person really for the first time because um you know some of these folks i've been following since 2020 but there hasn't really been a good opportunity where we've all said yes we are all going to convene in the same place at the same time Mm mm-hmm yeah, and uh, and by the way, I just wanted just to circle back. Breakman says they consider podcasters to be influencers. Yes, 
actually. Mm-hmm. Like podcasters, like when we uh-huh. started, when you and I started down this journey, podcasting was gaming media. And yep. so we were treated as gaming media. But then as the proliferation of YouTube and and you know and Twitch and stuff, now they're like, okay, all the hobbyists, which they consider most podcasters to be hobbyists, and that act mm-hmm. kind of tech, that's correct for us. You're influencers, so you're not paid. Your primary job is not to be gaming media and gaming journalist. You're a hobbyist, and so that's why they created influ- the influencer tag and kind of put us in a separate bucket uh, than than everybody else. I would actually argue they don't consider podcasters to be anything. Um, yeah. That's that's my honest, and it stinks to say that out loud, but that's just the truth from my experience. They don't po- consider podcasters to be anything. Any podcaster that they actually let in and associate has some type of connection either with mainstream gaming media because they're with a large website like you know uh, IGN of the world or something like that, or they are a large, large YouTuber, Twitch streamer type yeah. of thing. Otherwise... Yeah, so I, I, I honestly cannot think of somebody who's built up solely on podcasting without ties to anything else um, that that even does E3 at this point. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, what else uh, other than the stuff that we've already talked about? Uh, what else are you going to be talking about tonight? Um, hey, there's a pretty big game launch this week. Uh, Overwatch 2. Uh, the first Overwatch is transforming. Today's actually the last full day you can play Overwatch 1, and Overwatch 2 is going to kick off later this week. And there's some interesting new moderation tools that go with that, so we will talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll also talk about um, Netflix, and they are creating um, a studio in-house to support their program. Hopefully they don't close it before they're actually able to make any progress, unlike a certain other company you've been discussing tonight all right orange lounge radio is up next thanks so much robin have a lot of fun next week thanks as always bobby see you in two weeks so uh that is it for me i will be here next sunday night i wanted to go to twitchcon i've wanted to go to twitchcon for about three years but it just was not in the cards for me this year uh i just i it, it would have been irresponsible for me to go this year with everything else that's going on in my life and all the time I've taken off from work. Uh, so hopefully, uh, if Twitch is still around next year, uh, then uh, then then TwitchCon uh, might be in the cards for me next year. And uh, and uh, the thing about that Overwatch thing, which I, I was gonna I sh- was gonna say on Rob's when Rob was on, uh, they really are taking don't you people have phones really seriously with Overwatch too. And you can find out more about that on Orange Lounge Radio. But I will be back next Sunday night here all by myself uh, when everybody else is getting back from TwitchCon. Uh, So uh, come join me and uh, interact with the show directly. And we'll probably talk about something that's not Google Stadia uh, that way. So um, I am on uh, Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. I am here on Twitch at Bobby Blackwolf. I didn't stream this past week. Uh, but I will say, for those following the saga, I totally did buy a 3080 Ti this weekend, and I got it in the computer. And I even bought that uh, the internal Elgato 4K capture card, so uh, I am ready now. Uh, I just got to make sure my cables are long enough, and I may actually switch over to my beefy brand new desktop that I've been building for the past two years. It's ready now, uh, and so maybe I will be doing that and being able to stream some stuff uh and uh, and stuff and yes they were cheaper it wasn't cheap i'm not going to say that i got a cheap uh video card uh but it, it is a 3080 ti it was oem 
which basically means you don't get the retail packaging. It was literally in like a, bo- a brown box with like just the card in it. No documentation, no nothing. Uh, but it, but it's totally covered and I've got all the serial numbers and stuff. So, yes. And Podcorp says, just in time for the new CPUs to come out. I'm not worried about the CPU. I wasn't going to change that out anyway. Uh, changing out the GPU uh, for somebody like me who doesn't do this often and not realizing, oh, there are these little tabs on the motherboard that hold the card in that you need to pop, you need to open before you try to get the card out. And so I had already tried to start getting the card out without taking those tabs off. And so it was kind of fun trying to get the old card out. But I got it. And no, I did not get a Founders Edition of any of them, uh, Ranma. So, uh, so yeah, so I've got all that. And maybe maybe I'll play a game on Twitch that requires a high-end video card. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it'll probably, I'd probably just play Dream, Disney Dreamlight Valley. I don't know. Uh, but I'm there on at Bobby Blackwolf as well. And also on Instagram where I rescued one of my childhood toys. And you can find pictures of that on Instagram. It lives here now. It used to live in an attic for about 30 years. And now it lives in my basement. And my basement is finished. Our attic was not. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make the live show work without uh, without uh, the support of people that go above and beyond. Uh, you being here, you listen to the podcast, you listening on stream is really the best part. But thank you so much to Podculture who resubscribed. They've been subscribed, according to Twitch Math, which is wrong, uh, 39 months, but he's been he's been with us for much longer than 39 months and have been a big supporter of the Voice Geeks Network for much, much longer than 39 months. So thank you so much, Pod Culture, for that. Uh, and as Sheridan Matt does say, the robot security is now to stop Rob from coming in the arcade. Yes, Rob already has the high score on that robot. I don't know how that worked. Uh, so we are going to now hit the button so I can stop talking because I don't want to talk about how I tried to beat Rob's score for like 30 minutes and didn't even get close to even my old high score. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to end the show. And I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.